Um. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> episode three. We are ready for <laughs> episode three. It's crazy. Um. Thank you so much, Nate, for uh, joining me on Rolling with Simon for episode three. Um, today, I have Nate Ray with me, who is a wrestling coach at Advanced Martial Arts. My wrestling coach <laughs> um, as well. Uh, he has an Ohio wrestling background and um, is a veteran. Uh, he was an Army combat medic. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for being here and no problem. Uh, being able to share your experiences with me and uh, with the people watching. Yeah, hopefully, they'll get you know much advice from you and your wisdom. Um, as I, you know, to me, you're a very good friend of mine, and I appreciate all the time your wisdom and your knowledge. So um, yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, Nate has uh, coached me in my wrestling. Um, for quite some time and it really has fixed my double leg and <laughs> fixed my shot a small um, adjustment right? <laughs> yeah a small adjustment uh pivoting my foot um which i sucked at when we first started out right i was like shooting terribly for many many years always like failing it was like smacking a wall and then um yeah now it's pretty good <laughs> not not ohio wrestling good but it's pretty good right um i've Growing in my confidence, um, uh, you know, with more of my stand-up takedowns, um, I don't fear uh, wrestling at all anymore. And um, yeah, that a lot, of, a lot of that is due to you. <laughs> so thank you. Um, hopefully, for my next MMA fight, um, I won't get be beaten by points like I did in yeah. my first one. <laughs> you <laughs> even, do very well and then you take down. And, yeah. yeah, even though you know I was fighting with one arm at the time, <laughs> but. Story for another time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. So, thank you again. Um, you know, I think I want to first on touch on one, the first point is um, just your military background. Mm. You know, um, you've... How long were you in the military for? Six years. Six years. And which branch? It was the Army? Army. Army, yeah. And um, what made you join? Why did you join to begin with? Well... When I graduated high school, there was a moment where I had like three options to choose from. Oh, three. Yeah. <laughs> three options to choose from. My uncle worked at a post office, and he was going to get me a job there. Mm -hmm. And the other one was I could wrestle at like some D2, D3 college, wrestle at like 125 pounds there, because that's how much I weighed it in high school. <clears throat> and the third option was... How much do you weigh down? Now I weigh about 153, 155. Depends on what I eat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated, I was thinking, I'm like, well, I wanted to join the military because I wanted something that was different from where I lived. Because I live in, like, rural Ohio, so it's a city that's, it's a small city, but it's a big town. There's, mm -hmm. like, 20,000, 30,000 people. So, wow. and I remember my brother talking to me about joining and he's like, but you could wrestle here. And I'm like, but what happens if I get injured? The scholarships get taken away. And I'm like, I also don't know what I'm going to do in, in college. I didn't have an idea of a direction of what I wanted to study or anything. And the Army, you know, you join and they give you a job. So they give you a particular set of skills and then you just get there and now you can run with it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I looked at it and I thought it was the best bet because they were going to pay for college. And I was going to get experience and they were going to pay me. And, you know... If, I even told people, I'm like, God forbid I get hurt, but if I do, 
I still get benefits. Yeah. Like, unlike if I wrestled in college and now all of a sudden I twist my knee, I hurt my back, hurt my neck, the shoulder. Yeah. That's it. You're it's over. done. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so you chose the military. Um, tell me about your experiences. What uh, What did you do in the army? Um, have you gone on tours? You know, things of that nature. I did two tours to Iraq and... <clears throat> say the question again. Uh, I was saying... Um, Tell me your experiences. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, like what you experienced, uh, your, the tours you went on, uh, things of that nature. Was it a good experience? Like, oh, it was, it was a good experience. Um, most days, you know. The thing about like, what I tell people when it comes to Iraq is it's like a roller coaster. Like you got your highs, you got your lows, and then when you least expect it, it throws you through a loop. Mm. And those are the days that are bad days. But... You know, some days it feels like you're in combat forever, but it's not really as long as as you think, you know. Because, like, I'd have periods of inactivity, and then we have a firefight. Then we have periods of inactivity, then a firefight. Oh, wow, you've been in, in firefights then. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you want to, you know, get into that, or...? Mm, I mean, it's very chaotic. Yeah. I don't really... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know... I shoot at a gun range, right? Mm -hmm. And like, <laughs> even that enough, you like hear very loud noises mm -hmm. and that, you know, can take you off. I couldn't imagine being shot at and being able to aim, you know, my weapon mm -hmm. and being able to pull the trigger and hit something. It's just so much chaos going on. Like in the military, I guess, you you know, do they really train you for that real life action um, well, if you ask me if they're shooting at you, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not just they're not shooting at you, but they give you like active drills, so like they'll be yelling at you or something. Mm -hmm. High stress things to get you like all finicky and make you lose your motor skills, so that way when something bad does happen, you're you're already ready for the combat because it's trained as you fight, and when you train as you fight, you try to look at all the scenarios. So like when we like do our training and stuff. We, we try to make things very sports specific on what positions and things mm. that we do. You do that with the military. Just like when I was a, a medic, I think the hardest thing for me to do was I had to imagine every single one of my close friends, what happens if they died? What happens wow. if they got injured? And I'm running through these scenarios all the time. So that way, if it does happen, I have an idea and a plan of what's going on. And then on top of that, now I got to plan a medevac. And on top of that, now I have to... Uh, listen to what the the ncos are saying because the actual firefights going on and now planes change even more as we're getting attacked wow that's <clears throat> crazy so when you got all that training how long te uh, technically how long is that um in in the military when you're you know doing your boot camp and everything well it changes for the mos because the, the what is mos mos for? is um military occupation <laughs> Military occupation, what's the S for? We'll have to Google it later. <laughs> Actually, I can't remember. It's okay. been so long. Yeah, well, well <laughs> MOS is basically their job. Yeah, so, okay, okay, okay. So wherever their job is. The, the more combat MOS is like the infantry, the tankers, artillery. Their, their um, basic training is a little bit longer because... In order for you to be basic training, basically means that you're com you're competent enough to actually go and fight. Got it. And then so like mine was nine weeks, and then in my AIT, that's advanced individual training. That's where our sports specific. So that's where I would learn to become a medic. Oh, a medic. Okay. What did you learn as a medic? Can you drain cauliflower? Or <laughs> no. Well, I, f I figured that out. But 
they don't really teach you that. What they teach you is basic life saving skills, so like EMT basic stuff. But then they start going over more traumatic things. Mm. Um, for example, uh, like Ashman chest seals for for chest wounds. Because what is that Ash, uh, Ashman chest seal? That's what you. It's a bandage that you put on the chest because when you the chest cavity is punctured, usually the lungs hit. Yeah. And then when that happens. Air start every time you breathe, you're breathing in and out, but now you got a hole in your chest. So now the air isn't not in your lungs anymore. Now the air is going everywhere else oh, wow. in your chest and it expands. So you put the Ashman chest seal so a little bit of air comes out, but not stuff no, all yeah. going in. And then you have to, uh, to treat them with attention to them with thorax. So you just basically stick a needle in their chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the easy way. And you let all the air out. I, there's there's some movie that actually portrayed it. I think it's like Three Kings or something. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, wow, so you went through that training, and then when you experienced the live firefight, um, did you feel like that training actually helped, or were you still... I mean, there's nothing that can mimic that, right? right that yeah, live... It's like bullets flying over your head, you know? Yeah, it's not really. They train you well, but also you got to remember, like, I was a medic, so my job, I wasn't really trained to react to, to react, fire yeah. as much as... To help as, your comrades. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Um, so while they're going on, I'm I'm paying attention to what's going on, and I'm with the platoon sergeant waiting for him to, for me to direct, to figure out what's going on with the medevac, and if, oh God, hopefully we don't need that. Yeah, and can you explain what happens during a medevac? So basically, well, you got the golden hours. The golden hour is when the person gets injured, you get into the next echelon of care. The next echelon of care would be like a surgeon or a doctor, because like I'm a Joe Schmo. <laughs> I, I got my experience, but yeah. you know, I'm not like a doctor. <laughs> so they will get sent to the next echelon of care within that hour. So I treat them on site. And within that hour, we transport or a medevac, like air medevac comes in, a helicopter comes in, picks them up, and they take them to the hospital. And then from the hospital, then they decide what if it needs to go further to a higher echelon of care. If it needs to go to a surgeon, depending on what kind of surgeon, all right, maybe they go back to Europe, or then finally they go to America because there's not much else they could do. It just it's very complicated. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> it's probably as complicated as the medical treatment in this country. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, pretty incredible. Um, when you, I guess, how long were your tours in Iraq? A year. A year? What was living there like? Like, you explained before your day-to-day, -day, um, you know, you have your highs and your lows. Um, we know your highs are crazy, right? Mm. They, they're... You're getting shot at. You don't know, you know, um, your, your your job is just to keep your guys alive and to mm -hmm. save them. Um, and also prevent them. And prevent, exactly. <laughs> prevent yeah. a mess. And so like, all right, well, hey, wash your feet. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about the low days? Like, I like explain a typical day, you know, what's the food like in Iraq? Like, when you were on tour, like, what did you eat every day? Was it just like... Oh, that changes. Um, sometimes we eat MREs. Sometimes we eat the snacks that people send us. <laughs> okay. Was there like, I heard there's McDonald's. In certain parts, yes. Okay. Okay. In certain parts where it's more, what's the word I'm looking for? 
upgraded, secured. What? Yeah, yeah. Those are the words I'm using. Yeah. Okay. So there. So depending <clears throat> on where you are, you might have a nicer experience. Yeah, the experience is all different because sometimes you're getting chow hall food where the, the cooks are actually cooking. They give you the food. Sometimes you get an MRE. Sometimes you go to a, a nicer base at the time. And then, you know, that's where you get your McDonald's and KFC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know what MRE is. It's a meals um, ready to eat. So it's basically a prepared meal already. And all you do is just, actually, you could just eat it how it is because it's already cooked. Like um, a good example would be like canned food. So like you have Chef Boride. Now everybody's like, oh, well, you know, botulism stuff. Well, that is a canned dented. <laughs> and then when was the last time you actually seen a noodle? That wasn't hard. If it wasn't hard to cook. Noodles yeah. are cooked. That's why they're soft and that's why they're malleable. <laughs> so that's the example I give. Nobody really likes that. <laughs> you could eat it as is, but it comes over here that you add water. It has a chemical reaction. Oh, that's okay. how you cook it. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, do you have a favorite? Am I? <laughs> oh, yes. Spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, yes. <laughs> it comes with blueberry cobbler and it comes with... Uh, it's either M&M's or a brownie. Oh, wow. And I guess a lot of these doomsday preppers probably can get their hands on these. Oh, right? yeah. You can just buy these yeah, MRIs online. I was looking at Amazon. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Do you have a least favorite MRE? Like the one that you that if you got, you're just like, ah. Oh. It was the omelet. Omelet. Oh, gosh. That sounds disgusting. The omelet. I, think, I can't remember if it's like a vegan omelet or if it's actually like... It was, it was, it's like I, just I powdered it. eggs or whatever. I, I, I despised it. You despised it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd see that one. I'm like, oh, I, I guess <laughs> I'm just eating the snacks and the crackers now. <laughs> That's interesting. So everyday life. Um, every, every day would be different. So yeah. Like there'd be days where uh, we're actually on combat. There's days where we're actually assigned to like, we can't leave the premises because we have to actually go out on a mission real soon. And then... There's days where like we would actually go to the gym. Okay, so there is what is like the pastime for everybody? Like how when you're there for a year, um, is there anything you can do? Is it like I I, I guess you get creative, right? Like mm -hmm. you got. Oh. <laughs> that reminds me, we we invent my, my platoon. We invented the game because we only had a football and we were tossing the football one day, and then somebody's like, all right. Let me see it. And they rolled it, like I rolled it over to them and they kicked it. And when they kicked the football, then we started thinking like, okay, maybe we could turn this into a game. So we basically like played kickball, but then we manipulated the rules, but we're using the football. So we <laughs> Did you guys have a name for this game? I forget the name of it. But actually, if you ask each person who was playing it's, the game, it's a different name. Different name. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because like we had a, we had a rule where basically you'd roll it and... If you, if you swung and you missed, you try to kick because it's a football, so it's like it's wibbling uh, and wobbling. Yeah. So it's not going to go in a straight line. If you missed it, you're automatically out. Uh, but, but as we're inventing the rules, we're, ch we're challenging the way things are because, like, at first we didn't have a catch or anything. We just yeah. had a pitcher. Like, you would throw the ball back if it was a, if it was a ball or something. And I decided to manipulate the rule a little <laughs> bit. So when they rolled, rolled it to me, it's coming this way towards me. I decided that I'm just going to turn around, and I booted back that way, <laughs> and I start running. They're like, foul. I'm like, we didn't say that was foul. We, did, we didn't specify the, what was there and what's not. We're just usually happy that you kicked it. I'm like, I kicked it that way. It's fair ball.
That is so they funny. Very happy about it. Yeah. So, um, man, you may have discovered the next uh, great American <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, you had to create your own time to get by, yeah. uh, or, or your own um, basically activities, pastime. Um, we would play uh, play games, play card work games, out. spades. Oh, you I play learned, a lot of spades. I learned to play spades. Yeah, that's because <laughs> like in Ohio, we play euchre. What the heck is euchre? <laughs> it's kind of like spades, but the rules are different. Are different. We, we only use like the face cards. Okay, I I a lot of my friends play spades. I never got into spades, um, so I'm the wrong guy to talk to. People, about get, people get mad about spades. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it, and I'm like, I'm gonna stay away from this game. <laughs> but um. So, um, yeah, the pastimes, you guys made up games. Did, was there anything that you did when you were, like, kind of alone? Did you read a lot? Did you, you know, um, I don't know, do anything? Hmm. Write letters. Oh, okay. We'd, we'd write letters. And then we, if we had internet access, we would, we would use the internet. I think MySpace was big at the time. Oh, okay. So there was an internet. In, Sometimes. In it the, depends. Yeah. What What would be the reason why you would have it and not have it? Location, mostly. Yeah. It's all satellite or... No idea. <laughs> gotcha. I, I remember them connecting wires everywhere. Yeah. That's a whole different squad, um, I'm assuming. But um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's pretty incredible that you were able to do that um you've you've experienced a lot um you know from what i from what you've told me uh if with your experiences have been positive with you know you have a lot of brothers mm -hmm. um and you guys you know are really tight you know like um i you know you talk about that a lot and um you know it it can get you know then you get to the other side of it where it gets really dark mm. um and i know you've expressed to me or you've talked to me about you know you've experienced being blown up like literally three times and you've yeah. survived um you know those explosions what what you know what was the reason of those explosions i don't i don't remember if if you told me there exactly. were ieds when we were driving on the side of the road yeah and they blew up i know what was your reaction to it? Was it like just r loud <clears throat> ringing, just not knowing where you were? Like the first one, barely. I remember barely got the truck, and I, did, I didn't really pay too much attention. Like, oh wow, what was it? like we pop a tire or something? Yeah. Like, and then and those trucks are. I mean, they can handle. Oh yeah. Yeah right. They're well, like. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember the second time. That that one got the truck and we had to like do some repairs. But the third one, the third one actually, I remember that one knocked me out. Mm. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. You know, so for the for the people listening in, um, you know, they're probably like this piece of crap. Like, why is he asking him all these questions <laughs> and like bringing up all these memories? Um, you know, I think the point uh, I'm trying to get at is that, um, you know, one, I asked you prior to the um, 
doing this episode, you know, what you were able to talk about, what you're not able to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, where you are now, it's, I find it so incredible how you're able to still keep going, um, in your life. You know, you're, I mean, Nate, you do a lot. Like Nate is grinding, you know? Um, and again, if you guys watch each episode, as the, the point I'm trying to get across, um, is the human spirit and how unbreakable it is. Um, if you don't allow it to break, you know, um, so many people hit a crossroads in their life and they can decide to give up or keep going. Right. And the people at the school the you know, our, our gym at, um, at advanced, like there's so many guys that have so many incredible stories, um, where they face a wall and they could have easily just quit and gave up on life or whatever, but they continue to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the point I'm trying to get across is that Nate has gone through so much. You know, you've experienced explosions. Um, you know, being fired at, and I, I, you know, you've talked to me multiple times about PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and your struggles with it. Um, and for those that are listening, you know, the whole point is like someone like you. It, you have an incredible story to share. You know, an incredible uh, piece of wisdom to give to those out there that are struggling with these things um, because you've gone through it and you're still going. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I mean, it's a sad, it's sad out there. There's a lot of people that have gone to other things, whether it's drugs or, um, uh, you know, addictions or, or, you know, dark places or things like that. And I've given up, um, but you haven't, you know, and, I, and my hope is that, you know, you sharing what you're sharing will help those out there that are really struggling, you know, because at some point everybody struggles, right. you know, everyone struggles deeply. Um, yeah, at what's some happiness point. without pain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you, you can't appreciate, um, the sun without a little rain. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, continuing with this, you know, you've experienced all this stuff. So my question to you is how do you keep going? I guess a simple answer is like, what else is there? You know, mm-hmm. you could you could sit there and be sad about your problems, but what kind of life is that? And then when I think about it, what got me through is that I wanted I wanted my life to get better. I started getting really depressed, and like I wouldn't leave my house for like days, and yeah. Life, life, life was very, I guess, dark is the easy way to say it. But, yep. but I wanted my life to get better. So I, what I did was actually it was Batman kind of helped me out. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a big Batman fan, and what I found is like when I was reading his comics that he was basically like overcoming all these struggles. Mm-hmm. Like he would get hurt and stuff, and then there's psychological trauma. So that I used that to help me get to a point. So I would like buy all these comic books, and then. I got to a certain point where I'm like, I don't, I don't need comic books anymore. I need to actually like do things to make me better. And I use that for inspiration. Cause like I started thinking about like, okay, well he's this smart. He's, he's this athletic and he knows these martial arts. 
So it gave me, I guess, like a a role model, mm-hmm. I guess is a way to say it. Someone to look look up to and then try to a, a, aspire to be. Not necessarily say I'm going to go out and fight crime yeah. <laughs> and beat up you know, criminals. Yeah, 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 but yeah. the other aspects of overcoming the, the tragedies. And then I would start actually doing, I buy a, bought a whole bunch of workout books. Mm-hmm. So running, I used to run all the time because I, I, I was looking for martial arts. But at the time, there wasn't, because again, I'm from rural Ohio, so there's certain places that there were martial arts and some that weren't, but I was looking for certain things. Because I knew that I needed to express like... A big, a big thing with, with PTSD is like you get a lot of anger and then you needed a way to, to relieve that anger. So I would go run because mm. I'd be angry. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to go run. If I wasn't happy with things, like let's say I went out drinking the night before or something. I woke up the next morning. I'm mad that I was out drinking. I decided that I'm going to go run. So I would do those things until I got into martial arts. But it was like a long struggle of just getting over certain hurdles like, even when I came to a dance, the first couple weeks, I didn't actually roll. I didn't mm-hmm. even actually, I just sat there and I just watched. I remember, yeah. I just remember watching everybody because I wanted to be comfortable with the with the surroundings. And that was one thing that I really liked about Brian was Brian, he would just come up to me each Brian's day. our coach, by the way, so. Brian would come up to me and he would just say, all right, do you, do you feel like training? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you, though. And he would do that every single day until finally I decreased my anxiety level enough where I actually started doing the kickboxing. And I did that for about a month or two. And then Brian was like, what you really want to do is jiu-jitsu. I'm like, I know, but I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. And he was just like, okay, I'll, I'll and just do the kickboxing until I slowly got back into doing the jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you are a brown belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now. Addicted, um, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, you know, we're both at the same stage right now. Um, both brown belts, one stripe. Um, and yeah, man. Um, I think, you know, when you talk about all that you faced and where you're at now, um, that, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in that, that, you know, and a lot of people can't talk about it as well, you know, and I, I it's very hard because absolutely like when you start talking about war or any traumatic thing your, your mind goes back it's just like when you listen to a song mm-hmm. and you smell a certain sound yep. you're like oh apple pie all right grandma's making apple pie and then you hear a song and then you're like oh yeah i was dating this girl or i was hanging out with my buddies at the campfire doing this and then you know so when you start thinking about traumatic events your mind goes back and then that shuts us down yeah absolutely um so i really appreciate you know you being able to share um your story mm-hmm. You know, and, and the things you experienced. Um, there was a National Geographic. Uh, I think one of the issue, one of the issues, yeah. uh, where you were actually featured. Um, well, not featured. Not, photographed. Yeah, photographed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, photographed. Um, <laughs> no, the whole, yeah, the whole thing. Was yeah, wrong, yeah. Man. And that was that was in Iraq, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a. You know, I'm gonna have the photo up, but um, it was uh, you. Carrying one of the soldiers. Yeah, one of our um, one of our sergeants. He got he got injured and we medevaced him out. Mm. And I remember the helicopter landed, 
and these guys come out and they're photographing. We're trying to figure out what's wow. going Like, we're confused. Like, what's going on? Why are you taking pictures? This is very weird. We're in a war right now. So it was very confusing for us. But then I remember <clears throat> when I got home stateside, it's been a couple months. I think it was around uh, shortly before Christmas. My buddy calls me up and he's like, hey, Doc, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm hanging out in Barnes & Noble drinking this coffee, <laughs> you know, trying to find a book, something to read. And he's like, all right, well, good. You're exactly where you need to be. And I'm like, why? It's <laughs> kind of weird. And he's like, go grab a National Geographic. He's like, you're in it. I'm like, all right, sure. I want to go grab a National All right, yeah, I'm in it. Why would I be in National Geographic? There's no reason for me wow. to be in National Geographic. And then he's like, just go in there and then just start scrolling through. He's like, when you get to the military part, I'm like, when the hell did this happen? <laughs> the whole helicopter scene started forgetting. Like I forgot wow. how they even took the pictures, and <clears throat> and I came across my, like my like actually one part shows my backside, but it, I can identify the other guys with me. And then in the other part, you can actually see my face, but it's showing yeah. where the actually shows the photographers in the picture. Mm. And I was just like, wow, that's that's kind of crazy. And then I remember I messaged them about being in it and then they actually sent me some copies i thought wow. that was very nice of them that's awesome and i would just like give them out to my other guys like yeah, yeah <laughs> how did your find i mean your friend find out like how he he reads national Geographic. i guess, I guess. <laughs> did it say your name in it like no this is then how the heck did he know that's really crazy i guess he just recognized my face it's like yeah that is your face like 100 yeah, percent. just look at it and he's like oh that's right. That's <laughs> you know what's funny is that your face was the only one that you could really see. Everybody else was, was kind of like mm -hmm. their faces well, for were that down. picture. The other the other one you can't see my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see yeah, the backside because yeah. yeah. you just see me just waving like, all right, we're going in. Oh, that's crazy, but, yeah. man! What a small world. <laughs> like right in right when you're doing your thing, mm -hmm. these guys fly in and start taking pictures of you. Um, but. Well, do you do you remember what that article or uh, that feature was about exactly? Or it was about military medicine from the initial on point, which would have been me. Like IED happened, and mm -hmm. we started treating our our patients, and then they would get medevaced, and then they would go to the hospital, and then the hospital. So it was basically like how they got injured, and then their transport and the med and the, the service until they got stateside. Gotcha. Um, Wow. So, yeah, they did this whole piece describing basically from what you go and do to, you know, where it ends. Mm -hmm. um, I actually need to read this. Uh, it's really in interesting um, as I'd like to I think I'd like to know. And if anybody else is interested, I might um, scan the article and post it up because um, that is a really cool uh, feature mm -hmm. to be a part of. Um, so, you know, going back um, to, I guess, your struggles now post-military, uh, you know, um, you're no longer active duty. No. Um, and, you know, you, you face struggles still. You continue to deal with the PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you feel like it's shaped your life now? Um, you know, compared to when you were a young guy before you joined? I feel like <clears throat> understanding what PTSD is, the symptoms and how it actually happens, 
it helps you understand. And when you understand things, then they're not as scary as before. So like when loud noises come off and then you see like that, that startle response, well, we're kind of conditioned like, hey, bad loud noises is never a good sign. You know, it's, it's either a bullet or a bomb. It's not good. Mm -hmm. So loud noises is not good. And I know I've dropped a couple weights at the gym sometimes and you're like ready to hit the deck. Yeah. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck did I just do? <laughs> I feel like a jerk. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah, but it's just like you understand the symptoms. And then for me, I try to work around them. So that way I'm not limiting my life as much. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say my life's very proactive, but... It's much better than it was when I first got out. Because when I first got out, like I said, I I wouldn't leave the house for yeah. Why I wouldn't I wouldn't want to even like shower or anything. It was it wasn't it's not a fun time. And then, like I said, with like the anger, and then I started learning more about like what why I was it getting angry. For me, I felt like I was losing control, and then martial arts gave me control back. Mm. Wow, that's deep. Um. So this, you know, we're entering a new generation um, where a lot of younger people are thinking about, you know, joining the military and, um, you know, thing, things of that nature. What advice would you have for them uh, going into the, um, I know even like a couple of people from our gym, the young, oh, I, the young I tell gym. them to, I'd say research, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Cause it's not just, it's a, not a job, it's a lifestyle, mm. you know? It's not like <clears throat> I'm gonna go go in there five o'clock in the morning and I'm gonna do my workouts and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna work and then at five o'clock I'm gonna go home. Sometimes it's not like that. You mm -hmm. know, things change and they call you back and now you're there. So <clears throat> I would say they need to understand that it's a lifestyle and that they need to understand what's going, what what to expect. Like as much as research as possible. Yeah. So um, and like depending on the branch of service, go talk to people. Get as much, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Certain point of views. You want to get as much views as you can. Yeah, yeah. So those out there, make sure you, the, the, I think the key word is to get a lot of advice, mm -hmm. right? Um, I know you yourself have recently started school. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I forget, was it pursuing nursing or? No, I, I did try nursing. And okay. I didn't realize that I didn't like that as much. Yeah. And then I now I'm doing psychology. Gotcha. So, um, you know, you going into the military after high school, um, and then now you're you know you're you're a man, <laughs> and uh, you've experienced a lot in life, and now you're going to college. Yeah. Right. Would you say that that path was better, or would you have? If you could do it all over again, would you have gone to college first after high school? No, because who knows what I would have done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? I would have got some major, maybe even flunked out because, hey, now I'm I'm in college. Now I'm getting student loans. Now I'm partying. Now I'm on my own. Woo. Yeah. And now I'm just getting debt and I'm just ruining my life. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might not have been a good thing. Hey, it may have been a good thing, but I didn't, I didn't like my options. I didn't. I didn't think it was good for me, so yeah. I decided to go with this. Versus now, I got a little bit more direction of what what I'm doing. Yes, even though I feel like Billy Madison. <laughs> hey man, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at a lot of kids today. Um, 
thinking about, you know, which path to take in their lives. And, you know, I think most people in this country are like automatically, you know, go to college right after high school. Times are changing. You know, I think now trade jobs are a big thing. Um, you know, you might you might want to think about other options, you know, and, you know, I, I think a lot of opportunity is wasted with, with a lot of the, the younger generation when they kind of just go to college and they don't know what they want to do. And, um, you know, they incur all this debt and then yeah. they graduate and they can't find a job, you know, um, that's a real thing, you know, and um, my hope is that I can, you know, shed some real light on it. Um, I think the most important thing is finding who you are yeah. and getting some maturity. Well, you got to think you like know? 19 to 21 year olds. They're still, know, they're still like trying nothing. to figure out who they are. Yeah, you don't you know, know anything. <laughs> they're still trying to figure out who am I. They just ended yeah. high school. I was part of this clique, but they don't realize it's, it's not really that yeah. was your friends, but you weren't like, oh, well, we were the preps, we were the partners. <laughs> like every college, every high school kid's doing that. Yeah, you know, yeah, you really have no idea who the heck you are when you're 20, 21. Um, Really, I mean, I didn't really figure things out until I was more closer to 25. And even at 25, I was like, what the heck am I doing? You know, um, so, you know, when I went to college, I was like, okay, I'm, I know I like stuff. So if I was going to pursue something as a job, um, let me get a degree that can help me in that, you know. And even then, I didn't even get a job that. I have a degree in, <laughs> so, you know, um, the job I have now, uh, I'm very blessed. I can, you know, uh, do what I need to do from home, um, you know, and I mean, it's still a lot of work, but um, it gives me a lot of flexibility, you know, and that's what I was looking for because what I really want to pursue after is martial arts and oriented things. And, you know, I think that the key here is um, pretty much like... When you first start out, you got to do the stuff that you need to do so that you can live your life. But the other things you got to you got to do um, as a hustle, you know, and like if you live your life working the 40 hours a week and then you party or do whatever and, you know, enjoy your life. That's cool. Do that, you know, but, you know, unfortunately, nobody just has a million dollars in their lap and can just you know, become... Yeah. I don't really like you know. that lifestyle because, like, when you think about it that way, going out and partying all the time, it's not a party if you do it every weekend, you know? Yeah. And I, then, I can, yeah. And I think with, like, the the people just starting out in life trying to figure out where they're going to go, college may not be the best thing for them. Military might not be the best thing for them. Trade school might not be the best thing. But the, what is the best thing for them is education. You need... Yes, you need to learn something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need yeah, to yeah. learn something that makes you... What's that word I'm looking for? Not applicable. Mm. Approachable. Like useful in the world? Useful. Yeah. yeah. That makes you, that actually makes you useful. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you may be, may be freaking awesome at this, but <laughs> nobody knows you're awesome and nobody really cares about who you are. Look at all everybody's social media. Everybody's trying to be famous. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to be famous for what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um... I think for, you know, on my end, um, you know, it's like, it's like you put the 40 hours a week into your job, 
But then if you're pursuing after a goal or a dream, you got to put that other 40 hours in, you know, like you, you got to constantly, like I had Ron on um, for episode two and he, you know, when he started Love to Brew and uh, Our Society, he was saying that he was working, he legit works 80 hours a week, you know. When I think about that, I'm like, I, I work 80 hours a week, you know, between training, working on uh, these, you know, the video stuff and um, all my other projects that I'm working on. Like, you know, I am putting in that, those, you know, hours, um, you know, outside of, you know, working and then my, or my work, professional work life and then my, you know, goals, you know. I think you guys are hustlers. <laughs> it's hey. like you got, you got your job and then the hustle is what you're doing on the side. So yeah. that way that becomes, your side job becomes your eventual primary job. Yeah, well, you know. You know that's, what, that's why most people are doing martial arts. Oh, I want to be a big MMA fighter. Okay, well, now you have to go through, like, the the not as great pay and stuff and, until you work your way up. Exactly. And in the limelight yep. and stuff. So yeah, I keep yeah. Think. I mean, Demetrius Johnson said that he was working another job, right, when yeah. he first entered the UFC. I think Frank Yeager was a plumber yeah. <laughs> when he first started out. Um I mean, that's not my goal. My goal, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm ever going to go <laughs> and become a UFC fighter or anything like that. But, um, I mean, with my job, I'm uh, I'm pretty blessed. I, I could see myself working there, you know, um, for the rest of my life. Um, you know, but I, for me, I always want to be doing something with martial arts related. Mm. You know, that's just uh, my life now and what I, what I find important, you know. Um, but I also find having a professional career also important. So, mm -hmm. if if there was ever a point where I ever hit like a billion dollars or whatever, or, or you know, you won the lottery. I, well, not even the lottery, like Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> like if I ever if I ever hit like you know fifteen million bucks or whatever, then it's like uh, I might have to rethink this. But um, you know, looking at reality wise, I think it's still put. I still think you'd be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean... What I tell people all the time, like, <laughs> if I ever won the lottery, if I ever did anything where I got rich, I'm doing the exact same thing I'm doing. Exactly. Now, but on a boat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, like, everybody's playing video games at their foot. I'm like, I'm going to be playing solitaire on a boat. <laughs> on a I'm boat. like, we're all going to be doing it on my boat. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be working <laughs> at JJ on my boat. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. On my uh, Wi-Fi, on my, on my yacht. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's important to have skills, you know, because all those skills translate. I think uh, Miyamoto Musashi, you know, the Book of Fire Rings. And, yeah. Yeah, like, um, he wasn't just a master at the art of fighting. Like, he was also a master of, of poetry. He was also a master of archery. And he's like, when you're a black belt in something, that translates to everything else. Yeah. You know, you, you, when you master something, you can become a master at so many other things. And I think, you know, it's so funny, like... Just being good at um, certain aspects at my job has helped me to be good at aspects outside of my job, and vice versa. MMA, jujitsu, all that stuff has helped me so much, um, you know, with my professional career because it helps me to keep grinding and not mm -hmm. give up, you know, um, you know, and all this stuff. Like, it's just like you were saying, it's the ability to learn and to continue to learn. Yeah, you know, well, that kind of goes back to a, like you brought up Miyamoto Musashi. Yeah, Miyamoto Musashi. <laughs> but if you remember, there's there's a book actually about his life, and he was a Ronin. He was uneducated. Um, they consider him like a scoundrel. Yeah. And then he committed a crime, and for his punishment, they locked him in a tower, and they said, "Now you have to read every day for a year." So all, he, <laughs> all he did was just sit in a, in a, in a 
tower and just read books. Yeah. And he became educated, and then that's when he started pursuing that kind of life. Yeah. Education is the most dangerous weapon. <laughs> so uh, you might be able to choke fools and do all that, but, man, um, being being smart, that's a whole different level, man. Um, well, also, or figuring things out, at least. That's what I should be – that's what I should say. Figure, being able to figure things out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so yeah, I mean, you know, advice for the younger kids um, that are, you know, about to make some big decisions in their life on where they are going. Really think of, if you know what you want to do with your life, then yeah, go to college, get your degrees and do what you need to do. If you want to be a doctor, there's, you know, you know the route. Um, and I'm going to have uh, doctors on, the, you know, I'm going to interview some um, and uh, maybe Vadim too. Uh, who are Sung's an oncology um, doctor at Robert Wood Johnson, which is one of the top cancer, um, you know, hospitals in the country. Um, and then Vadim is a is a cancer surgeon or you know uh, oncology surgeon. Um, and they both, you know, Sung and Vadim, they 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 love the martial arts. So yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's something that I'd like to have on the show as well. But. Um, you know, if you know what you want to do, just go after it, right? Um, but if you don't know and you need some time, like really spend time to find yourself, right? That I think that's something that I did for a long time. That's something that you did for a long time. Well, um, I think that you should be proactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, when when you say take time to do things, to think for yourself, it's not necessarily thinking, but like, all right, I'm going to try yes. drawing. I'm going to try yes. working on cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're trying these experiences. Find it. Yeah, yeah find it. Like, exactly. That'd be a better word. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, listen to Nate. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, thanks for sharing about your military um, background and mm-hmm. the struggles you face and what you're going through. Um, now let's get into your wrestling background. Um, you you wrestled out of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were born and raised? Yeah. Yeah, born and raised in Ohio. Um, what was it like? Growing up in that wrestling scene in Ohio, and how do you compare it to like maybe Jersey or you know, because um, you you've seen wrestling from mm. New Jersey. Uh, I mean, one of the guys that were, was in our uh, gym was a D one wrestler, yeah. um, you know, and and you faced him and you do pretty well. You've wrestled against other D one guys that have come you know in and out of the gym. Yeah. And you do pretty good, you know. You're <laughs> not getting, a guy with not the pedigree, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. You're not really getting beat here, you know. You're you're doing some takedowns yourself, but um, you know, what would you say that in in terms of growing up in that um, uh, uh, you know, scene, the Ohio wrestling scene, how was it, and how is it different from like New Jersey? Well. In Ohio, I, at the time, we focused a lot on takedowns. That, that especially like my my particular high school, we focused on taking you down. So my biggest strategy was I would just take you down and I let you up. I take you down and I let you up. And if you escaped or something, I'm like, oh, whoop de doo! Now I get to take you down again. And I focused on 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 my takedowns. Versus like if you go to some other places, they more focus on the mat wrestling. So you have some like you got even got like D1 wrestlers who are champions but they can't take you down you know i think chael sonnen talked about that before mm-hmm. like you got guys who are really good at mat wrestling you know it's just like jiu-jitsu like you got some really awesome bottom players but they suck on top <laughs> yeah you know mm-hmm. 
And when it, my experience with coming over to Jersey, I didn't think necessarily it was, because at the time when I was in Ohio, New Jersey, Blair Academy was number one. Yeah. They just knocked off, um, <clears throat> what is that school? Mm, I forget. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we'll but they, they just knocked off the, the Ohio school who was, who was running things for okay. a little bit. And when, <clears throat> when I was talking with Lewis, the, the, one of our D1 wrestlers, I, what we were figuring out was it's more, not necessarily the styles are different, it's just it goes through generations. So, like, I, I do more traditional um, takedowns and stuff. And then from that, you would start and end up with the low single sh shots. So you start seeing people like shooting really, really low. And then you end up in the funky stuff. And the funky funky wrestling is just like scrambles and they're doing all these weird, that's why it's called funky, because like putting in all these <laughs> weird odd yeah. positions to get the takedown and stuff. It's like uh, Ben Askren style yeah. uh, wrestling. <clears throat> yeah, like Lewis, he was good at like all of those. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, it was not necessarily like Ohio. The wrestling was different. Different. It was just I think it was the time, because mm -hmm. as as you start going through, then the traditional stuff starts coming back. And just like with jujitsu, like everybody was doing self defense, and then it started becoming more sport, and then it started becoming barimbalos, and now we're in the leg lock phase. Yeah. And now people are starting to see that pressure passing is doing well against yeah. like certain leg lockers. I yeah. guess you should say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just like all runs through a cycle and it's like as people get through like I remember people telling me like oh wow the Kimura's hot again you know? yeah <laughs> I think yeah it, it's all like a circle yeah. it just um, what's old is new and what's new is old right. you know and um, it always comes back I have a feeling like I don't know something about judo um, <laughs> is gonna is gonna come back and, and kind of like change the game a little bit I think if they um, change the rules yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so, some moves that um, I presume that you had I noticed. Trevor talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, he was doing some stuff that I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, some interesting game, you know, that I haven't really seen. But you know, but then that's very, that's the, the strong suit of that is in the gi. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's not gonna work in no gi. So um, you also have that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so what was the scene like? Um, was it very, uh, you know, in your in your school that you grew up in, like like, was wrestling the number one thing? And if you were a wrestler, you were the man. Like my my high school wasn't oddly enough Ohio still football. Like everywhere, everybody's all football okay. oriented. So they were the wrestler. Like our guys were good, but we did, I don't felt like that we didn't always get the recognition that we, like we deserved mm -hmm. compared to like other things like basketball and football. Interesting. Yeah. So our like our teams were good. But the the sport, I, I think, like it was well known and stuff, but it wasn't as supported as like football. But I think that's more because like the football, you got the cheerleaders involved, you have the faculty, you got the 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 twelfth man section, you got, you got school pride where people are dressing up and hooting and hollering and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like that it's more of a that's why it's more of a culture thing. But in Ohio, well, actually, my team, we would always every every weekend was like a tournament, mm. so we would just. And that was one thing that I liked about like wrestling versus jujitsu is jujitsu you have to pay to do tournaments. <laughs> yeah. That's that that part I don't really like as much. Versus Ohio not Ohio, but wrestling in general. Wrestling in general for high school because it's a sport, now you can go and you get more experience mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, it's because you're it's, going to compete all the time. Yeah, competition experience <clears throat> in jujitsu is uh pretty difficult. It 
I mean, at, at some point, it is kind of like a, a expensive sport, right? Mm. I mean, you pay your dues, you pay to compete. Um, very rarely do you get paid for it, unless if you are yeah, starting to coming up to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yes. until you get to that level, um, which you have to be grinding at, for for quite a long time, you know. Or lucky. Um, yeah, yeah, it can be one or the other or both, you know. Um, I think Ron was talking about last time um, being at the right place at the right time that's type of situation um, you know and hey man it is what it is you know but um, when you first start out it's very expensive <laughs> mm -hmm. you know paying for all those tournaments so I mean it can be nice to get sponsors and things like that as well yeah. Um, but yeah so that that's um, a good explanation of uh, your wrestling experience um, so how, so now, you know, how long did you live in Ohio for? 18. This thing is, so I turned 18. Oh, wow. And then I came back from the military and I stayed there for, I think, a year and a half. Then I came here. Yeah. Um, so how, what, what made you come to New Jersey <laughs> out of all the other states in this you know, beautiful country. <laughs> Why New Jersey? <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> literally, the day I came back, two of my friends were moving to New Jersey, and they were having a going away party. So I came up to them, and we were all hanging out because, like, I just came into town, and they're leaving. So it's a big, it's a nice little party. And I remember them telling, like, "Hey, Nate, you want to just like screw Ohio and come back with, come move with us?" And I'm <laughs> like. I'm like, I haven't seen my family in a couple of years. I'm like, let them get used to me being around. And then I'm like, maybe next year I'll figure it out. But I was joking. I was joking. And then a year comes back and then like they're blowing up my phone and they're like, hey, come check it out. Come check it out. So I actually round up like a bunch of our friends and then we drive all the way to New Jersey. Oh my God. <laughs> to experience it, like what it's like. And then when we get here, they, they did things right. They had us go to the bars. They had us go to... Um, the beach they had us like hang out we we're always doing something so it's like very light and then they're talking about like how the access to new york and philly and how there's ac so like a lot of people in jersey they keep forgetting that they they like they can get bored but they can't get like ohio bored they can't get ohio <laughs> bored. they can't get colorado bored. what do you mean or ohio? The midwest yeah what do you mean midwest bored like if you're bored in new jersey you can drive an hour and you can go you can go hiking up in the mountains you can yes. drive an hour and you can go hiking in the pine barrens you can drive an hour and you're going to the beach you can drive a couple hours and now you're at your own little las vegas atlantic city and people if you call us the armpit of yeah. the u.s if you're bored <laughs> You can go to New York, and there's always something to New York. Uh, you can drive, you can take the train down to Philly as well. Like there, there's options. There's a lot of options. That's why I love New Jersey, man. It's expensive, but mm -hmm. you know, if you save up just enough, we're like, all right. Well, I try to do like maybe like one thing, like once at least every three months, where I try to like capitalize on New Jersey lifestyle. Yeah. Versus in Ohio, I can go from town to town. They're, they might be doing the same thing. Mm. So it's basically like New Jersey's got a lot of options. Even when I lived in, in Colorado, we we had hiking, and hiking was awesome, but you had such a long winter. And then, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you like New Jersey, <laughs> and, and now you're uh, definitely in New Jersey. Um, like in Ohio, you, there's, there's a lot of hiking and stuff, but I feel like Jersey, you have more, just more options. Yeah. You've lived there for what, like six, seven years now? 
uh, here. Right? 2012. Uh, oh, 2012. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2018 now. Oh, six years. <laughs> two, about six years. If our brains combined, we could be simple math. Yeah. <laughs> two plus two is four. <laughs> Quick maths. Um, but, yeah, so... It sounds like you like New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so coming to New Jersey, um, there's also more culture. Yeah, yeah. I can like I can, like I can a lot of cultures. You got, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember one of one of my friends is like, you know, like one of, they were talking about like culture stuff. Like, all right, we got you, we have white people now. You guys got Russians. You guys got <laughs> Jewish. You guys have Germans. Like, you guys have like authentic Pol Polish people. Like authentic uh -huh. races. I mean, not racist. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's funny because I was telling uh, Trevor, like, there's not many places where you literally could drive five minutes from where I live and go to like an authentic Korean restaurant, yeah. authentic Indian restaurant, all, you know, legit places owned by, you know, um, by their families, by their families. Like, exactly. Like they've been doing it for years. Exactly. So and we're all, <laughs> you know, we're all in a, in a pot together. It's not like, you know, I mean, you know. Other places are very diverse as well, but I know when, you know, they do the whole Chinatown and this town and that town and, you know, it's very, it's kind of like separated, you know, mm -hmm. and then you go to one section is like all Chinese people plus a couple, you know, non-Chinese people, you know, but like here you walk into Central Jersey and it's like everybody, yeah, everybody is there, you know, you walk into a restaurant, you're going to see everybody, you know, and um, that's something that I loved uh, growing up here. And really appreciated, um, you know. And I, when, when I have kids, that's what I want them to see. Yeah. You know, full diversity um, experiences. Yeah, exactly. Like I love Ohio. I, I always go back, like mm -hmm. every year, sometimes twice a year. But you know, I see my family, I see my friends. I get re in touch with like how I grew up and stuff. Yeah. But I do. I just think it's more active for me, and mm -hmm. that's why I, I'm here. Yeah. Um, and then. You when you came to Jersey, did you start training immediately? Like, no. you took some like when you came to Jersey. How long did it take for you to get into? Uh, well, go to advanced. Going to advanced, it wasn't. It didn't take me too long because Travis was my roommate, and he was like, "Hey, just come come to the gym with me. Come with me." I'm like, yeah. I, don't, "I don't know. I don't feel like I, I don't." And Tra Travis is, uh, was a Travis pretty, is the friend that actually convinced me. To yeah, move over here. and he's also. Um, He's fought around the MMA circuit, in the pro MMA circuit, yeah. um, and and did pretty well. Mm. Um, but, you know, he's got a kid now and doing his thing, so, um, yeah, uh, Travis, if you're listening in on this, uh, yeah, your man, Nate, uh, thanks you very much for bringing him here, um, and I appreciate you for bringing him here as well, but, um, uh, yeah, so... It took you some time to get into it. Travis mm -hmm. got you finally into it. Um, and would you have ever thought you would have been doing that before? Like being in Ohio, coming from the wrestling background, going into the military, would you ever, ever have thought about doing MMA, BJJ, Muay Thai, whatever, um, you know, prior to coming to, to, to New Jersey? Well, when I think about it, it was more, it's just more of a time thing because mm -hmm. when I came here, MMA is now becoming a prominent thing mm -hmm. versus like when I was in the army, it was still, and even yeah. in high school, it was still like I think in, when I was actually in high school, 
the UFC itself was actually like underground. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then when it started building up and stuff. And then when I moved to New Jersey, now it's actually prominent. Mm -hmm. like, like it became very, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Well known, like yes, yeah, popular. Popular. It actually got to the the mainstream. It became yeah. Mainstream. Okay. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, because like I think that if this would have been around when I was in high school, maybe I would have went after that route. Mm -hmm. You know, because now I'm seeing people are like, okay, well, there's progression and stuff. Because with wrestling, I was thinking, I'm like, all right, well, I can wrestle in college, and then I'd be teaching. I'm like, what what do I do after that? That was yeah. another thing about why I joined the military. It's like, what am I going to do after wrestling? Mm -hmm. And you've, you know, been around the block with co competing. Uh, you know, you fought MMA mm -hmm. and you you continue to fight MMA and uh, continue to, you know, still compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And um, maybe we'll see you do a kickboxing match. Who knows? But um, um, you've experienced the Ohio wrestling and getting that background and now that you're going into uh bjj and wrestling uh i mean uh, mma and bjj what would you say do you think that the level of wrestling in those um other martial arts like is it is it at a good place does it need work does it well in jiu-jitsu it definitely needs work yeah. everybody everybody's pulling guard which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you have really bad yeah, really bad takedowns and a nice guard. Yeah, but uh, like self defense aspect, I think you're kind of hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. But that's just my thoughts personally. But I think that takedowns. I mean, in MMA, take the wrestler usually decides where it's going to go. Yeah. If if your wrestling is better than his wrestling, you can stand up. If his wrestling is better than your wrestling, you're going to the ground. Yep. You know, this is exactly what happened in my fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two rounds of uh, just being you know, uh, laid on top of. So, mm. yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but, um, do you, so what do you think BJJ needs to work on in terms of the takedown game? Learning. Mm -hmm. That's actually why I started um, a project right now I'm working on BJJ takedowns where I'm actually teaching people how to wrestle. Mm -hmm. Basically, just like, all right, well, get familiar, have an idea. Like, all right, this is the stance. This is how you move. This is how you reach. This is how you actually do things. Because, like, sometimes people come up in jiu-jitsu tournaments and they're coming in there trying to wrestle me. And I'm like, all right, you know how to hand fight. That's great. You're, you're, I'm like, you're, got, you're hand fighting great. But your feet are telling me you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And I'm like, you're crossing your... your feet and you're like, I'm like, that's not even, uh. Yeah. You're, and then you hit your... Uh... Your signature double, <laughs> and if the double, if you don't hit that double, you hit that single right after, yeah. and then they're they're done after that. Um, so yeah, I mean yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that BJJ takedowns um, project you're working on, and definitely will you know share as much of it as I can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully, uh, maybe we can even do a collaboration or something. You could use me as your uki, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just toss me and stuff. Um, uh, you know, I'd like that, but um, I know, I know, you know, connecting back to your um, you know, your struggles, like your PTSD and things like that. Um, since you weren't even aware, I mean, you were telling me like when you got your first MMA fight, mm. um, <clears throat> you weren't you weren't even trying to fight. Right. Like <laughs> I was just training, and then Brian's like, "Hey, Nate, do you want to fight?" And I'm like, 
I don't know. I was like on the cusp and Travis just jumps in. He's like, yeah, he's going to fight. <laughs> yeah. He's in it. And I just looked at Travis and he's like, he's going to fight. I'm telling you, he's, he's ready. He's fighting. We're doing it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, right, okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I remember like when he started swinging at me, like he's, like he's trying to take my head off. I remember going to the corner. I sat down and I'm like, Brian pulls my mouthpiece out. It's blood. I just see blood just stripping out. And I'm just like. He's trying to kill me. Like, yeah. This guy's trying to kill me. Travis just looks at bombs. me. He's like, it's a fight. Of course he's trying to kill you. And he I'm, was like, bombs, I'm like, man. I'm like, this is a, this is a nice experience. Because I remember like, I made a little joke to the Travis and Brian. Like when they locked the cage, I was like, they actually locked the cage. <laughs> you legit, can't get out. They legit actually locked the cage. Yeah, like, no, that's you crazy. can't run out after. Yeah, I yep. kid, that kid was tough. Yeah. You, uh, but wrestling and jujitsu went at the end. You took yeah. him down and finished it. Um, wrestling and cardio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I mean, man, you were taking, you were eating some punches in that yeah. fight. It was never seen someone take that much damage. <laughs> but then again, you know, you got blown up three times, so yeah. <laughs> and you survived that. So what's a what's a punch gonna do, right? Yeah, I got knocked out once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with that, you know, background and uh, no, you know, knowing that you have PTSD and that you're fighting and competing. Um, has it helped you at all deal with the PTSD? Oh, yeah. It's a great way to, like I said, you release anger, stress. And the biggest thing that I think that could really help for like, other veterans is, so like when you watch a war movie, what, what's really glorified? Is it the war or is it the, the, the interactions between the soldiers? It's the brotherhood. That's mm -hmm. what's always glorified in war. They have their battles. They have their pain. They have the struggle and stuff. But it's how the soldiers interact with each other. So the brotherhood. And then we come back, we go to our civilian lives, and it's hard for us to adjust because in war, I know if something happens, this person's got my back no, no matter what, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. But when I come back in the civilian world, people may not be, they're not on the same boat, they're not on the same mindset that I am. Mm. But when you join like a jiu-jitsu gym, or even like a Muay Thai gym, or any kind of gym, where you're actually like training with people, you're, you're building up that same camaraderie. Now, they probably, they, they won't ha necessarily have your back as much as like brotherhood in the military, but it's still enough where it's like, wow, you actually feel like you're part of a community, you're part of something bigger than yourself again. Yeah. You know, well, like, there's plenty of doctors for me to talk to. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of uh, lawyers for me to talk to, mm -hmm. businessmen. You know, like uh, we got a lot of people that you could talk to about anything yeah really and the whole brother brotherhood is just like it's a tribe mm -hmm. yeah i think that could really help um soldiers with coming back home it's like doing things but doing it slowly because you have to decrease the anxiety level to get yourself ready for it mm -hmm. you know so if you get you get somebody who's got really bad anxiety and now you put them underneath my mount oh you know, yeah, yeah. Probably best to start with like hitting pads or something. Yeah. Well, right. like I did, just yeah. slowly, slowly build things up. There's probably a lot of uh, that's probably a lot of good advice that people wouldn't rec uh, recognize. Yeah. Probably starting off with just hitting pads or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just working out, just going through the motions. Yeah. Um, probably not sparring or yeah, <laughs> rolling it. Probably yeah. not sparring because. That, that can be bad. Yeah. Or even with drill. I mean, even if they do do jujitsu, that they probably start with drilling and not rolling mm -hmm. at first. Depending on their comfort level. Because, I mean, you can yeah. always just tap like, all right, well, my anxiety is too much. Yeah. Just, all right, now I'll go relax. Mm -hmm. So you could, I would say you could also do that. Do you think, do you think it's 
uh, with the community of the jiu-jitsu, um, depending on the gym, do you think it's accepted where somebody just taps because they're dealing with anxiety? Like, do you think, people, you know, you can get into your head like, well, they might think I'm a, you know, punk if I do that, and I, you know? Well, I think there's a stigma to tapping, but then, well, let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Not, not a stigma to tapping, but sti a stigma to tapping for unknown things. But when you think about it, when you're a white belt, you don't know what is actually going to break. You don't know what's actually mm -hmm. going to choke you out. You don't know what's going to hurt. It's your comfort level. You know? You're going to tap when you feel discomfort. Now, for someone who's just starting, they might just be like, I mounted them and, and tapped. Like I remember tapping people just on my side control. I didn't take anything about it. I'm like, all right, well, you get used to it. But then, you know, you got your our higher higher belts, you know, like Ron's not going to tap for almost anything. You're going to have to like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You're going to have to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of good advice in that. Um, I think, you know, with people that are new, you know, it's just like you said, um, when you come in with to a new place and you don't know anybody, the anxiety can be tough. Um, just showing up's a victory. Yeah, that, that's what I like. I have people come up to us and me in the gym, and they're always asking me, like, "All right, Nate, what should I be doing?" I'm like, "Just show up." Mm -hmm. That's like, the key, right? Just show just up. Show up. I'm like, you show up, and then you figure things out from there. I'm like, but showing up is what you need. Yeah. I'm like, that's how I got better. That's how I increased, and like, I'm doing that at a pretty successful rate. But what I'm reminding people is that every single time they're like, "Oh wow, you, you got your brown belt. That's pretty quick," and I'm like, "Yeah, but." Look, I'm here every single day. Yep. I'm here after You're practice. pretty much there six days practice. a week. I'm here all the time. Six, seven days a week. I'm like, I always show up. I'm like, that's how you get better. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, you know, if you're new, um, show up, be humble, tap if you need to. Let your instructor know, uh, you know, if oh, you're yes, struggling with yes. stuff. But that, that's, a, that's a hard thing, too, is admitting that. Because mm -hmm. for some people, it might be admitting defeat. Like, I'm, I'm weak. You're not weak. Exactly. You're not weak. You're strong enough to admit what's wrong with you, what your, what your um, dilemma, not dilemmas, what your problems are. You understand, your weaknesses. You understand your weaknesses. yourself. Yeah. Um, but being able to express that. Right. Right? That in itself is a victory. Oh, yeah. Um, and being able to express that to your coach. And now, I mean... And look at Alcoholics Anonymous. The hardest thing like they make you do at the very beginning is you tell you say, mm, Hi, I'm, my name is... I'm an alcoholic. Wow, they that's have deep. The, like they have you at the very beginning admit what your problem is, what you're here for, so you have to face it. Yeah. And that takes strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, for I guess as a school owner, you know... If, I don't, I mean, you hear crazy stories, right? Some, some people, some coaches being really crazy and just not really, um, like, like just not really being attentive to their students. Well, that's another thing um, about like some people, you might go to a gym that you don't like, but it's like dating. Not every single girl I meet, I like. Exactly. You know, I'm going to keep dating until I find someone that I do like. I just mm -hmm. go, that's what the whole purpose of dating is. Yeah. And that's what you should do with gyms. You may not like this gym. All right, we'll go try another one. Yeah, there's a lot of different vibes from different schools. Some yeah. schools are just straight up competition, and um, you know it's it's hard to really like you know build in there like like everybody's out to kill you type yeah. of vibe, you know. And then there's other gyms that are more laid back, and you know other gyms that are more serious. It's all in what you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. But I think when you're you know like what would for you 
would you say like that laid back family style was the best place you could have been at versus maybe you know going to competition school or definitely at first because you had the anxiety level of because like you go to some places where they're focusing on just like I'm I'm not really making relationships I'm just here and I'm beating you up and I'm leaving mm -hmm. I feel like that could because like we break you down we build you up just like in the military just with like anything that's beginner you they break you down and they build you up and I think that you have a problem with that at certain gyms but if you have the right mindset and that's what you want to do it's good but you got to understand like you know, you, sometimes you're the nail and you're just getting hammered. <laughs> sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes <clears throat> you're the nail. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think I think uh, for, for a lot of guy, newer guys, um, it's all in what you want, right? Mm -hmm. You just have to be prepared um, for whatever comes at you. And again, regardless of what type of school you go to, showing up is, that's the only thing you really need to do. Show up, get beat up beat up people, you know, and, and go home, often. tap often, yeah, go we home. Have, we have people right. all the time come in and they don't want to tap. And then you hear them like, oh, they, yeah, they like, quit. Well, they, you know, like they get hurt. Yourself. You should have yeah. tapped. Yep. Tap often, show up, go home. You know, <laughs> so I feel like some people treat the gym as competition. All right. Well, you have certain days like that, but mm -hmm. you need to be understand like, these are my friends. This isn't a competitive thing. If you go with that mindset, all right, let's say you're the best in the gym. How? What do you get out of, out of going to the gym now? Mm -hmm. You you beat everybody up. That's all you're doing. You just you know how to win. You perfected your craft. You got like awesome triangles. You got an awesome butterfly guard. You sweep them. They counter. You put them in a triangle and they tap. And you do that to everyone. How else do you get better? Mm. I, I feel like you get bored. Yeah, you gotta either teach them to be better or, or go to a better school and get your training there. Yeah, you got you got to experiment. You got to try new things. I remember. Ray would tell me that he that sometimes he comes in and he just focuses on one thing. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, today I want to work on my upa escape. Today I want to work on my side mounts escape. And he'll let you get into positions just so he can get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, training what you suck at. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I think um, that's a that's a really good point. Is um, you know just showing up um, if you're new, uh, if you're struggling with stuff. Um, it might not even be PTSD. It could just be depression or anything, you know. Just showing up is the battle, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to acknowledge this and letting your uh, instructor know um, where you're at, you know. And I think being I think being vulnerable and and um, open about you know who you are and um, you know the 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 if you're if you're going through a lot, you know, just I think it it, it goes a long way, you know. I think that whole macho coming in like I'm gonna beat everybody up here. Those guys are the they like leave after three months, you know. Not even three months. <laughs> yeah, not even three months. They're gone after like three, you know, a couple of weeks, man. And then sometimes sometimes we have people just come in and then they're gone within an hour. Yeah, because they're, they're just like I'm done. Like, yeah, they come in tough guy. Oh man, I'm gonna. I just want to fight. <laughs> I always thought that yeah. was interesting about because everybody knows how to fight, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to fight well. Yeah, and everybody wants to fight until they get punched in the face, <laughs> right? Everybody got a plan until you get punched in the face. So, um, yeah, man, just, you know, if you're thinking about uh, things that will help you with your life, for both me and Nate, martial arts, uh, particularly jiu-jitsu, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, 
wrestling, kickboxing, Muay Thai have, have helped us tremendously. Well, I think more, especially with jiu-jitsu, because I think when it comes to like striking and, and wrestling, that's, that you could get like knocked out or something or yeah. taken down real quick and you don't learn as much. But with jiu-jitsu, you're learning that is as, true. You, as you're getting beat. Yeah, BJJ is different. It's a different beast from everything else, yeah. right? Um, it's a live chess match, you know? And there's a lot of thinking involved. It's it's almost like 80-20, 80% mind, 20% body, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, you know, a lot of guys go in there the other way. And, they you know, they end up losing. <laughs> but, you know, I think what's interesting is about uh, with, with jiu-jitsu is that it helps you to really problem solve, right? Mm -hmm. Through and then it translates to your real life. Whenever you struggle, like being mounted by a big, sweaty, nasty dude for like five minutes, it's humbling. You know, he he, he could weigh two hundred and fifty pounds, just crushing you. But if you can survive that, you and you, you and, laugh, and it's okay, and it's okay, yeah. You you survive that after the five minute round or six minute or whatever minute round, you come out of there and you're like, man, I didn't tap. I I survived. That. I actually escaped. You know, and each time you get better and better. Um, maybe you swept him. You know, and you submit him the next time or whatever. That's perseverance, right? It is perseverance in physical form, and that translates all into your life, whether if it's work. Or family, you know, whatever situations that bring you down. I feel like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has been a physical, um, almost like a physical symbolism of the battles that we face yeah. at, on a daily, day-to-day. -day, um, and being able to conquer it, you know. And, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. Wrestling, uh, Muay Thai, I think those are more of a fighting um martial art where you're really there to like fight <laughs> you know like you're there to um take somebody down or catch somebody well, with I, I feel like it's just hard to learn your mistakes and like, yeah it is, it's so fast-paced because like i tell people i'm like i can take you down what did you learn yeah you learned you were here and now you're on the ground mm. you know I, you're, you can you're, break you're, it down <clears throat> right yeah i can break i can break it down for you but yeah if you don't know what you know how if you don't know how to think then you're just like, I was standing and now I'm on the ground. Yeah. You're just like with punching. All right. I got he's over there down. and I'm, I'm, I'm getting hit. How is he reaching me? Like, yeah. Some people don't even have that concept of, hey, this is my reach. This is how far mm -hmm. I can reach. Like I can come here and I can touch things. All right. Why can I touch this? And that's all when it comes to being new at it. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> learning from it takes a long time <laughs> to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding um, fight science, you right. know, distance and all that, you know, footwork and everything like that. That doesn't just happen, you know. Mm -hmm. But Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the first day you're learning, right. you know, you get tapped, you're like, oh crap, like that's insane, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then you restart, you know, and it's, it is a different beast compared to everything else. Yeah, because um, yeah, like on um, day one, let's say if you have no experience whatsoever, and sometimes I even have this experience with wrestlers because in wrestling, we, we're quick to give up our back and stand up. You give up your back and now you're getting choked out. Oh, yeah, out. you're done. So you're learning, all right, if I turn my back, I'm getting choked out. Mm -hmm. I'm learning, I'm turning over my back, I'm getting choked out. Yeah, and the opposite true too, right? Where in wrestling, you don't want your back on the mat right. while in jiu-jitsu is like, come into my, <laughs> come into my guard, right? Well, if you think about it, that's, that's the ground fighting aspect yeah. of wrestling. Mm -hmm. 
I'm on my back. So that's when it slows down. Exactly. Yeah, they say, I think there's a quote where it's like, where wrestling ends, you know, jiu-jitsu starts, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, and then judo is just them two together. <laughs> but Oh, because everything came from judo, right? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, judo is the uh, father of uh, prison jiu-jitsu. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, people out there that struggle with the PTSD, things like that, um, you know, just coming from somebody that deals with it personally, um, even myself, not with PTSD, but uh, struggling years, you know, with depression um, and, and you know, anxiety and, and all those kind of things, um, jiu-jitsu changed my life, you know. Um, Muay Thai, the fighting, you know, wrestling, um, you know, ne not necessarily changed my life, but made me stronger right you know what i mean like made me stronger as a human being um but, but jujitsu in itself changed my mindset mm -hmm. you know and how i think it's like um you know just you just think differently when you start it and you keep getting tapped but you keep going it's this weird thing i can't explain <laughs> like like it's like why did it happen and i need to get better you know and and the only way to get better is to show up you know and um you know, I, I owe a lot of my life to jujitsu. Mm -hmm. It like a lot of people say, like, oh, jujitsu saved my life. Um, maybe in a physical situation, or you know, oh, most, yeah. you know, whatever type of situation. For me, it was a very emotional situation. You know, being in a very dark place. It's like when people, someone comes up to you on the street. All right, if you have no idea of distance management, the dude's standing right beside you, and now he sucker punched you. Mm -hmm. All right, well now if you understand what it is now you take it like you understand distancing with, with punches and kicks now you take a couple steps back and now now you're gonna see if he's actually an aggressor because he's gonna move forward yeah. closer to you and stuff and then with jiu-jitsu like all right we're always going after the aggressor the person comes aggress then we take them we take them down and now we can easily neutralize them yeah absolutely i think it's interesting like if you look at animals a lot of animals, when you when they're fighting each other, they'll they automatically go to their back and they start clawing. They start clawing <laughs> How many videos kicking. of those are there yeah. out there? Right? You see them claw, clawing and kicking. Yeah. When you take a human to the ground, what does he do? He turns around, gives <laughs> up his back, he stands up, and he got kicked in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brazilian legs, man. That's <clears throat> that's all self defense one on one. Break falling and you know, um, but yeah, so. If you're struggling out there, we both highly recommend <laughs> taking some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, if you struggle with anxiety and things like that, maybe just hit pads first until you get more comfortable with the gym and then try your Jiu-Jitsu. You know, Nate's way, I think, personally, I think that's probably well, the best even way. if the gym doesn't offer uh, hitting pads, you know, you could go to like a regular weight gym, you could punch the bag. Yeah. Or... Just go to yeah, or just go to the jiu-jitsu gym and just understand tap whenever you're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I I don't like people being on top of me. I'm mounted. I can't do anything. Just tap. Yeah, who cares? True. You know it's a victory. All right, think of it like this. All right, last time I lasted ten seconds before I tap because my, my anxiety got too much. I'm it's too claustrophobic. All right, now it's fifteen. Now it's twenty. Yeah, you're winning building. each time. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of your time, you're yeah. you're winning against yourself. I think that's the whole battle. It's like in jiu-jitsu, like. 
you know, I am going against another guy, but really it's the battle is internal, mm -hmm. you know, am I going to give up this position because I quit, you know, I quit um, fighting for this half guard, you know, I quit fighting um, his guard break, you know what I mean? Like, like I allowed him to pass, you know, because I'm tired, you know what yeah. I mean? <clears throat> it's like that battle to hold on for that next um, level, right. you know, and then once you get there, that's when you hit your spurt, you know, and or you, you hit your next level, you know, and um you know it's very real man it's there's so much metaphor yeah. <laughs> in jujitsu and life is so i mean with regardless of everything else you know we again we both highly recommend brazilian jujitsu for you know people out there um because yeah, they always say jujitsu is easy right all right <laughs> one, one example i like to give like my family back home is all right i'm driving all right I, there's all these cars right here i'm, I'm resisting I'm, I'm going with the resistance Take a different route. Make it easy. Mm -hmm. Find a different way. Always go with the easier route. Yeah. Like everything's absolutely. If, if it's hard, you're not doing things right. That's my philosophy. That yeah. jujitsu when I teach on <laughs> Thursday, I'm always like, it's all about the jujitsu path, like the 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 roadmap. Mm -hmm. You know, if you hit a wall, take a detour. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like there's there's multiple ways to get to this. You know, it's all about the destination. You know, and. Uh, it, well, in terms of jujitsu, it's, it, it's all about how to get to that mm -hmm. uh, B point, right? You start in A, which is you start either on your feet or you you know you you fight against the guy sitting on his butt or whatever. But how are you gonna pass? Or how are you gonna hit that leg lock? Or how are you gonna, you know, there's a there's a road to get there, mm -hmm. right? And you have to follow this path. And there's gonna be obstacles, and you need a way to either get around it drive right through it if you're like a 200 you know pound all muscle guy and you can do that you know do it um you know you can hop over it if you got a hover car <laughs> you know yeah. some guys with some crazy flexibility out there um sean. yeah right? yeah sean if you're listening uh we hate you he can get out of the mount by freaking hooking his feet into your armpits um while you're mounting you him. so many times I'm like, yeah so he's got a hover, yeah he's got the hover car right <laughs> he can just fly right over the obstacle but um yeah you know it's 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 a metaphor for life and i think everybody should be doing it um especially those that are struggling so um so we're gonna close this up um something quirky about you this is something i always like to end on uh, you mentioned you're really into Batman. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, lately you've been talking a lot about PUBG, <laughs> uh, which is what? Player Unknown? Battleground. Battleground, yeah. yeah player which is uh, as like a multiplayer online shooting game, right? Yeah, it's, it's addicting. <laughs> but I, I stay away from it. I don't even want to touch it, man. But, like, it's it's like a blessing <clears throat> and a curse for me because, like, sometimes it triggers me for, like, when I'm, like, I hear mm. things and I'm, like, because I got a headset, I'm, like, <laughs> so it triggers me. But it's also kind of therapeutic because, like, it's not really happening, mm -hmm. you know? And it's really addicting because, like, you can actually, like, use tactics on it. So I find it <laughs> That's funny. very fun. But no Fortnite. <laughs> Fort Fortnite just seems complicated to me. Yeah. Because, like, they're, You're shooting, like building they're shooting stuff, right? Other, and they're building. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's too much for me. I can't even. Yeah. I probably, if I did play, I'd probably get more into PUBG. Um, but uh, what about... Other things. I know you mentioned some other stuff. Huh. I think one was 
you and Travis will only talk about Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I played <laughs> Pokemon for a while. But I was a Gen 1 guy, so all, oh, the, po- okay, all, okay. So all, OG. All, all the Pokemon people now, they're going to hate me. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Gen 1 guy. I, I'm, I'm red and blue. Just, red and blue. Actually, I'm red. I'm yeah. red and blue. I'm just red. I'm I know. Very it's simple. I never got into the whole Pokemon thing. But it's funny because, like, Travis, like, he'll call me up and he'll start talking to me and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, yeah I bet you know what a certain number of Pokemon is. And I said it and he's like, holy cow, that's right. I'm like, I don't even know. I, know it. I don't. I'm like, we spent years memorizing that. <laughs> that's funny. And you you were into computer games before? Yeah. Um, I remember I played Age of Empires. It was really addicting. <laughs> and the thing, Age of the thing that I enjoyed about it was it actually had like history to it so it taught you history so that like me and my brother and my cousin we like the games where it actually like teach you things so we're like we'd, we'd do the side missions and we'd learn and then we start playing the game and like doing things but I remember playing Age of Empires and my uncle he was he was really really good at it and I got myself down to where I could micromanage things very oh, well oh wow so like I would like have like greens <laughs> so I would yeah it was like so I would basically I remember there was a, a, a like a plan on how I did things like I would I'd get like six villagers to go get get berries and stuff and then like the next five villagers all right you're gonna go fish and then as soon as those guys start producing fish the guys who are doing the berries now you're gonna go over here and you're gonna start chopping wood and then like as they start building things up all right now you guys are in gold mine so like I take things and like micromanage it yeah it it was yeah that's funny (laughs) man yeah so for people that don't know what uh, AOE is or Age of Empire um, it was a uh, real time strategy game right mm-hmm. it's like chess but like imagine like every piece moving games. at the same <laughs> yeah it's, it's like, like it's, even when I played Pokemon it's like I would build my build up my team to beat oh, other for, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily like alright well I like this Pokemon I like no no I'm like yeah. I'm doing things where you have a weakness and my guys are have the limited amount of weakness which is another reason why I was a Gen 1 guy because now you like the other generations they come in and Everybody's got a weakness and everybody's got an answer. <laughs> That's funny. You are, uh, you're, you probably should change your name to Nate the General. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, um, so the real time strategy games are like uh, imagine if chess was like move, every piece was moving at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Not just one and then you go and then I go, but everything's moving consecutively. And, um, you know, my comment about the Koreans. <laughs> um, they're really good at these games. There's a game that I used to play called StarCraft, which these guys in Korea, like they have their, their teams now. Um, th- there's legit sports teams. Like, yeah, they're getting paid for it. Yeah, they're getting there's, paid like millions of there's, dollars. There's Twitter accounts, it's, not Twitter. Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like they're getting million, like they're getting legit paid a million dollars to be great at StarCraft, you mm-hmm. know? And these guys can micromanage. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, right? They can micromanage single units, which are like the size of like you know your fingertip or whatever, on a screen and make them do all this stuff. It's so crazy, um, you know. So yeah, they're on a different level when it comes to that type of stuff. It's like a whole. It's like having like your red belt. You know, jujitsu. It's like knowing everything. Knowing uh, what. Okay, so people don't know might not know. Um, in jiu-jitsu, you have your five belts um, that most people get, which is your... Not uh, including the younger belts. Yeah, yeah. Not in, <laughs> oh, yeah, for adults. White, blue, purple, brown, and black. After that, you get into the red, and red is basically all the OGs. Like, the, the, the top of the top, the guys that have been, you know, 50 years plus or whatever, or that have made a, a tremendous 
contribution to the jiu-jitsu community um you know so when we say red belt we mean like the highest of high and these koreans have red belts at, at these games it's so ridiculous i like why even play you know awesome. why yeah. why even touch the game when you when you have people that are but you know i mean yeah, then I like they you know say, how to take the character and just like do this and yeah. boom all right they're avoiding <laughs> everything that you do yeah <clears throat> You know, you can say the same about, uh, I guess, jujitsu too. It's like there's some guys that are wizards out there. But... Yeah, the, the one combo special. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep hitting down X, down yeah. X. Yeah, freaking Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, you, you know, you get a lot of benefits to train and, and and you know competing. I don't know. I mean, I guess in video games, the benefits are stress relief, right? Mm -hmm. um, unless if you're the top of the top of making millions of dollars, you know, most of it is. Um, Stress relief and having fun. You know, get, social, some of them get social. paid just because they made it funny jokes. Somebody's like, that is true too. I'm yeah, like, oh, you got wow. PewDiePie out there, which is hilarious, but um, silly and crazy. Um, I really, I think what a, <laughs> it's so funny we're getting into this, but yeah, with like people like PewDiePie, um, I'm not a fan of his comedy or anything like that, but the way, as an editor myself that edits videos and this, I mean, I don't know if he edits, edits his stuff himself. Or if he hires somebody, I think he does it himself. But he's a like he's great at editing. He just hits everything at the right point, like the the right song, the right sound, the right joke, and it's like always it just like hits on the X, and that's where it's like you know having that level of editing versus somebody that's just doing something, it's like it's different, you know, and. Um, is probably the reason why he's one of, or I think the highest paid person on YouTube. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know a lot of people hate him. So <laughs> if you hate him, just appreciate his video editing because the guy's got skills. If he's, I think he's doing it himself. And if not, then his editor has skills. <laughs> but um, but yeah, thank you so much for this episode. No problem. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your heart. Um, my hope is that you know a lot of people will be inspired by it and um you know will be able to build up um mm. you know just just being able to build up some strength to go out there and to take on life you know yeah. knowing that you've done it you know and i just want to say that you know every year um when when we go out for veterans <laughs> veterans day um you know i love i love it yeah. you know I, you, you are you are one of my heroes um you know, and you you help me to keep going too. Mm. You know, so I just want to say thanks, man. Thank you. And um, thank yeah, thank you for episode three. And uh, looking forward to do episode four with the next guy. <laughs> so maybe you should say who it is. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know yet, to be honest. Um, I think it's gonna be Jeff. Um, Jeff Brown. Uh, he is pursuing his PhD um, in ecology. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to screw it all up. But um, Jeff Brown's a, probably the smartest person I've ever met. And I've met some smart people in my and life. He's got a lot of skills. Yeah. Je I mean, um, Jeff is on a different level. Like, I'm talking about smart, like, like, not just like, oh, he's good at school. Like, no, Jeff was a D1 nationally ranked fencer. Um, he tap he's a blue belt and he taps out black belts. Um, you know... He he's getting his PhD, um, and he's done some research. He's lived in uh, where was it? I don't even know. It was like some island or something where he was just studying birds, 
And sounds like Jeff. <laughs> yeah, he's done some crazy stuff, man. And he's probably one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to have him on next. Um, but I got so many people coming on, man. Sung, uh, Razor, who's a who's a federal agent. Uh, and you know it's it's gonna be good. There's there's a lot of good content. So, and I, I'm excited because these guys, man. I all take every person I I interview. I take something from them, yeah. you know, because um, I'm all about you know just like you, just continuing in in learning. This whole life is just about learning, you know, and um, and becoming better and learning and becoming better, right? Regardless, uh, in, in any shape or form, it's really about learning and getting better, um, you know, and ultimately. Um, hoping that you make an impact to change somebody's life or or this world, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so all the people that I'm interviewing are all people that have definitely made a mark on my life and have helped me deeply, you know. Um, so I hope you know you guys out there that are listening in uh, that they help you as well because this is what it's about, you know. Uh, take away competition because we all get old, we all get hurt. Um, take away, you know, our bodies, take away, you know, whatever, you know, um, what we still have is, is the human spirit, you know, and the, and the spirit to continue to fight, you know, and, um, not giving up, you know, and, and, it, and nothing pains me more when I see people that were like me that gave up, you know, um, so I, you know, this shows, this shows to help you guys, so. Um, you know, and encourage other people, you know, bringing on experts that are really great in fields that you may be interested in or pursuing after and hearing their perspectives on it. So Nate, with his military background, I hope, you know, a lot of you that are in the military um, appreciate what he shares. But I also hope that those that are about to go into the military really hear his words, really hear what his experience was and soak it in. You know, um, to see what it, you know, a, a real person that has experienced both the ups and the downs and has come home, you know, um, but continues to still still move forward. So, um, again, thank you. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll see you on the mats. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh, yeah, we're all good.